Welcome to CEO On The Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm your host, Gail Lance, and together we'll be exploring the people side of leadership. You'll learn how to better engage and inspire those around you and yourself. So let's get started. Welcome back to CEO On The Go. I hope you're doing well. My guess is that you're trying to get through performance reviews this time of year. I know that a lot of my clients are doing that, and it can be really stressful. And we might talk about that on on another episode if you're interested. But we're just a couple of weeks away from the election in the U.S., and I've heard so many people say how worried they are, um, regardless of who they support. There's just this kind of overwhelming feeling of worry and concern, and, and you may be feeling that way, too. Some people seem to be more prone to worry than others. So even if you don't let things get to you, maybe what I can share today might help you help someone else. So I hope you'll you'll keep listening. I thought it would be helpful to talk about how to take control of your worried mind. I've always liked the idea of taking control and taking charge of, of how you think and, and how you feel to the extent that you can so that you can do and be and create uh, what you most want. And in a leadership position, sometimes when you talk about taking control, you, you think about the need to take control of other people or to get more involved or be overly directive. And so I'm not suggesting that you you take control of everything else. What's really needed is to be able to take control of yourself, how you go about your day, how you're engaging with people, communicating with others, influencing, how you choose to think. And worrying is a choice. Some may disagree and they'll say, well, I can't help it. I know that it's a choice, but it still keeps coming back. I just can't help it. But the irony is that to take control of worry and get the results that you want, you actually have to let go. It takes some practice learning how to let things go, letting go of those things that you can't control. And and I'll talk about that in a bit. Taking control of your worried mind is especially critical because the effect of worrying in your leadership role is significant. Not only can it be damaging to yourself, but to your team or the organization as a whole, maybe to other groups that you're working with, um, other boards that you're a part of. It may seem to be invisible, but other people can feel it. And I want to acknowledge that there are many reasons to feel worried, many big reasons. I know that there are safety concerns still um, in the workplace. Uh, there, there are concerns about the financial impact. It doesn't matter what size organization you are. If you're a large corporation or small business, there's a financial impact in some way. Uh, if you're a small business, maybe you're concerned that you're not making payroll. There are worries about the human dynamics. People are more stressed and fearful. Many are losing their jobs. People need extreme empathy right now and sensitivity from their leaders. And then maybe there's worry about your own role. Maybe your own job is at stake or you're concerned that there could be some uh, big change coming for you and and that you need to be rethinking things. And by the way, if that does describe you, then you'll, you'll want to listen in on the past two episodes that I recorded on figuring out what's next for you. Some good insights there. So I'm glad you're spending a little time with me today thinking about how you're thinking to whittle away your worry to the extent that you can. You know, sometimes the hardest part of delivering these episodes is trying to organize my thoughts so that I can do that effectively in a short period of time. So today I thought we would cover the what, 
the how, the when, and the where as it relates to reducing worry. So we'll start with what. That's the basics. Basic nutrients, if you think of it that way. I've I've been working with some really smart educators and researchers and clinicians in the field of nutrition sciences recently. So the analogy of nutrition is a natural fit here. Um, To think about what are you feeding your mind? What's a mental nutrition checklist? And a few examples that you might want to think about. I've created it for you. There are four on my checklist. Um, The first nutrient is something energizing in your mental diet. And that might mean something inspirational or spiritual or motivational, something every day that you can focus on that really helps feed you in that way. And it reminded me that I I create so many resources that I often forget to even tell people about. And and one of them is a, a little app that I created called My Daily Coach. It's free. And it provides a daily thought or simple question to think about, which is really designed to help you get your thinking in the right place. So you might want to check that out. You can just uh, Google my name or my daily coach and you'll find it. But that's something that, that you might want to take a look at. Whatever makes sense for you. Another nutrient is something that you can learn, something educational. And it might be learning passively, like if you're reading books or articles, or maybe watching a video, something informal, or it could be something more active, like you're learning in conversation with other people. Maybe you're talking to a friend or a colleague about how they're tackling a problem that you're trying to solve. That's another form of learning. That's another part of the the mental nutrition checklist that I'm including. The third element is humor, something funny or entertaining. Um, and that's, of course, relative. What's funny to one person may not be to another, but to, to deliberately put something um, into your day that makes you laugh, that just makes you feel good. I know that during the pandemic, my son and I have been watching a lot of reruns of Seinfeld. So, you know, whatever it is that makes you laugh or that you can find humor in. And then the last nutrient is something calming, something that puts you at ease, maybe something soothing or assuring. Um, so that might be something like yoga, where you can really kind of let let your mind go, or or a lot of my clients golf. I'm guessing that's calming. I'm kind of a new golfer. Maybe that's not always calming. It could be stressful, I guess, depending on who you're playing with, or um, if you're under some kind of pressure. But you'll know what that is for you. But hopefully you're finding each of those nutrients in CEO on the go episodes. I'm trying to include them as I go along. So that's your mental nutrition checklist. And that should help you ward off the worry. It's to have those four elements, something energizing, something that you can learn, something that's humorous, and then calming. So the next part is the how. How do you consume these nutrients? How do you feed yourself? And there are different ways to do that. Um, I think that they should include a combination of the following, some kind of movement or exercise, being in motion, activity of any kind, even if it's just, you know, getting out and walking the dog. Um Also, quiet time, which could be prayer or meditation, reflection. Um, I like Headspace. I listen to Headspace every day. Um, There are some other ways in which you can take in what you need, maybe through music or art, dance, writing, gardening, something creative like that. In other words, it's, it's anything that really makes you feel good, that feels natural to you. It shouldn't feel forced. You know, for example, I have some clients who love books, they crave books, and they really enjoy reading. 
to learn. But then I have other clients that say, don't give me a book. I I don't want to read. I need to learn by doing. So there are lots of different ways that you can take in what you need, but to be deliberate about how you're doing it. So again, something active, quiet, and creative summarizes the how you can take it in. And I would add to one way not to consume the basic nutrients is through social media. I haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix yet, but I have a feeling that that will help emphasize my point. Um, Too much social media can really take a toll on your mental health, and research is, is showing that. So that's the how. And then the when. When do you feed your mind with this good stuff? And the short answer is whenever you can or all day long. It's kind of different compared to when you're feeding yourself actual food. (laughs) You need that balanced diet of energy, learning, humor, tranquility every day, but especially in the morning and evening. Consider your morning routine. What are you allowing yourself to take in? Is it emails right away or news or social media? You know, one of the best ways to begin taking better control of your worried mind is simply to take better control of your mornings. One of the best books that I've read on that topic is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Lots of good ideas in there and motivation. Or you might like a weekly sit down with yourself. And I created a a resource called the Leadership Journal that people enjoy using who like to sit down on a weekly basis and reflect for just a few minutes on the, the past week, what they've learned and set their intentions and goals for the upcoming week. So, um, and I'll include a link to the show notes for that resource. And two, with holidays around the corner, that might be a a nice gift for your team. Doing that kind of practice or whatever practice works for you can really help reduce or preempt worry. So far, I've been talking about internal or more kind of solitary practices that you can do on your own schedule, but there's a lot that you can do externally too. talk it out with someone you trust. Some people just like to process out loud. I know that I do. And often when you begin speaking the stuff that's in your head, it just begins to make more sense and you get more clarity. Otherwise, it's like you've got these brain gremlins trapped in your head doing more damage. They're bouncing off the walls in there and they need to be let out to be freed. So let the thought gremlins go. I don't know why I'm talking about gremlins, maybe because Halloween is coming up, but do reach out to a friend or colleague if you need to. And be careful about using the word worry. Um, We've talked a lot about reframing um, words or ideas or concepts that can be negative and pull you down. So you might tell your friend, hey, I'm working through an issue, or I would love your thoughts on something, or I'm trying to resolve something in my mind. But try not to, to use the word worry too much. Um, And then finally, where do you need to be fed? This is one of the most important factors to consider because studies show the, the powerful impact that your environment has on your thinking and your behavior. So create an environment or environments that serve you best for different purposes, both your physical and your people environment. You know, when I when I talk to people about this, a lot of times they they say, well, yeah, I need a vacation. That's where I'm going to be at my best. I need to go to the lake or the beach or fishing. But I'm, I'm talking about your daily environment, for example, your workspace. Maybe you need to change that up. I know that uh, in my situation, I had to get better lighting. Um, I keep something that makes me laugh in front of me. Right now, I've got these funny-looking little pumpkins uh, that I think are are funny. Um, create the best environment for rest to reset your brain. Maybe there's something that you need to declutter. I know that I do. Um, or maybe aromatherapy. 
but something that creates the best environment for your rest. And then the best environment for thinking that might be in your car. Some people just like to take a long drive to help clear their head. Consciously put yourself in environments that help you thrive. Speaking of environment, you might also give some thought to how you can create an environment for your team that helps reduce their worry and creates a positive, empowering vibe. That includes physical and cultural environment. So at a minimum, obviously, you want to have a safe workspace if they're back in the office. On the cultural side, look at the behaviors, the ways of working together that you want to see in place You'll want to create a space for psychological safety where people can discuss what's on their minds. And if you don't create that culture, people will find other outlets to express their concerns, often in destructive ways. Worry spreads like wildfire. So just creating a place where they can feel seen and heard and appreciated goes a long way. And working on your transparency, too, can help build trust that builds a great culture. Reducing worry in other people has a positive ripple effect across the board. All right. So before I sign off, a couple of coaching questions. These are questions I like to ask my, uh, ask myself or ask others when they are in a state of worry. What are you really worried about? And is it something that you can control, influence, or act on? You know, I've been transparent in sharing with you my initial worries about even starting this podcast because I had thoughts like, what will people think? Or what if I can't learn this technology? And then once I reminded myself, I can't control what anyone thinks about this, that I just need to do my thing and refocus on my mission, it, it helped me make the decision to move forward. And as a leader, you've got to stay focused on your mission to override any worry, whatever that is for you. Another coaching question, what do you want to feel instead of worry? Maybe it's something like clarity or confidence or peace of mind. So let's work on that instead. Working on worrying can make it even bigger because what you focus on grows. So um, I mentioned taking control of worry happens when you can let it go. Then you're not pushing against it. There's no more force and it takes practice. So I hope you've gained some good ideas today thinking about the what, the how, the when, and the where. Just a quick recap, the what are the mental nutrients that you need to have, a balanced diet of energy, learning, humor, tranquility every day. We talked about how to take them in, both active ways and passive ways. We talked about when to do it, ideally in the morning, and where you're most likely to find what you need, your ideal environment. You choose your focus, choose wisely, so you can go from worrying to winning. You like that alliteration? So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. As always, let me know if you have any worries I can help address. Share this episode with someone else who might benefit and stay tuned for more episodes to help you learn and grow on the go. Until then, um, be positive, test negative, and have a wonderful worry-free week. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and visit workmatters.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion for a future topic for the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. So keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you. Until next time.